and welcome to the Ski Racing Podcast with me, Ed Drake. We are back for season four of the Ski Racing Podcast. We've got the whole crew together. Ben, Mr. Statman is here. Marcel, the inside man, is here. And Luke has joined us again. Welcome back after a hiatus of a year. <laughs> Sabbatical. <laughs> Sabbatical, yeah. So yes. you brushed up on your knowledge, right? Uh, no. That's <laughs> not. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's good to be back. I don't know how we are here already. What were we, 10 days out? Was it? it is Tuesday the 12th, so 10 days away from race one. And we're in uh, the same room. This is quite weird after last year. I was in Spending weird, an entire yeah. year. Uh, Zooming. Yeah, telling each other your connections dropped off or sounding like a robot or... <laughs> telling Marcel to stop picking his mic while he's on. <laughs> well, we could have met pretty early, but you just crap at organising. That's <laughs> yeah. only 10 days oh, left. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You've got your prize and that's all that matters. Finally. Yeah, um, I do. I have to admit that I've been rather useless at arranging a meetup, and Marcel has only just picked up his, his uh, crystal goblet. Just to clarify, not giving it back. <laughs> well, you got to win it again. Yeah, but that's... The well, after after right? last year, that's not that hard, really. Hey. <laughs> you spent as long at the bottom of the table as I did. <laughs> yeah, if you'd started your campaign halfway through, you might have been all right, to be fair. But yeah, looking forward to another winter of proper racing again. Something to look forward to. The new calendar means that we potentially going to have a few more speed racers fighting for the overall... What do you guys think, Marcel? I mean, it's going to be tricky, right? So the speed guys, they, they tend to not be as consistent, or at least over the last year, they weren't. So I don't think it's going to change very much. And I, <clears throat> if you look at the likes of Pintero and Audermatt, they will be doing the speed races as well. So I would, I would think those two are... We think they're going to do proper downhills as well? Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> not just the super G downhills? I mean, they, they probably will do the downhills because the calendar is like really well. So if you look at the first couple of speed races, they're all in, in America. And I mean, there is no other race, so you might as well just do the training and see how it goes. If you do well, Odermatt will definitely do it. And, and even Pintero, if he does well in the training runs, he will just go for it. Yeah, I mean, especially those, those early, you know, you've got Lake Louise, which is not the trickiest of downhills. So it's sort of not the sort of, sort of scary downhills, if you like. Um, so that's pretty good. And then obviously... Beaver Creek is a bit more tricky, but it's fitness up there because it's so high. So you may be thinking that those guys are going to come to to bring a bit of fight. What do you reckon, Ben? What are your thoughts on it? I mean, if Kilda's fit and firing, he, he generally has the the advantage in terms of being able to do both the speed and then put up a really good effort in the GS as if well. If he can and finish a GS, he's last year he was so fast, but just... I mean, when you've got that much power, yeah, just right. need equipment that can withstand the amount Nothing of power. Nothing wrong with the atomics, atomics actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it's good that they finally balanced out the fact that there's 18, in theory, speed events and 18 tech uh, on, on the World Cup. That kind of makes sense, but yeah. whether or not it ends up being that way, unfortunately, it's far easier to cancel a, a downhill than it is to cancel a slalom because you need so much better conditions for it to, to all work. But... All we can do is hope that you know you get all the right conditions for the races and, and yeah, have some get get some racing going. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be tight, I think, this year. The overall, I mean, it was pretty tight last year, wasn't it? So I yeah, think with the speed races. I mean, last year obviously could have could have gone either direction, right? With the last couple of races being a bit dodgy, 
but I guess like it was a it was a, a good win. Obviously, I have to say that I'm a bit biased on this. Ball, but... <laughs> oh, we we might have noticed <laughs> over the last year that you might have a little favourite on the on the men's tour. Well, okay, I do. I agree. <laughs> I do. Sorry, guys. How many more? How many more speed races were added to the calendar as opposed to last year? Because uh, Creek Mile was seven hundred points off Pinterest and. Well, it's now yeah. evened up because it was it was, it was like 11, eighteen and eighteen now. Yeah, because it was was it eleven slaloms? It was nine slaloms in January last year, and I think it's always been it's been a massive gripe of the speed skiers, and actually it's been a bit of a, a gripe of ours just in terms of from the spectator standpoint because you want to see the best of the you know the best ski racer winning, not necessarily the person that had more opportunities to win, and no, it's sure. nice that they've evened it out. So. Uh, it's I can't Ben's rapidly looking back through his notes to try and work out how he's been at it panic mode Luke chucked a grenade early on yeah. <laughs> that was targeted at Ben um, but Kriegmeier seems to be only 100 points off uh, third overall so I mean maybe it's more of a challenge for I don't hitting think... the top three rather than you know yeah, over, I don't think it's necessarily going to be people like Kriegmeier who are going to be the guys that will Benefit. I think it's more going to be Kilda. Um, it's probably specifically. I would say it massively plays into his hands as a, a speed skier that can really do GS Krikmar. We're yet to see him sort of really tackle that third discipline. You know, slalom GS Super G or Super G uh, downhill Super G and, and GS. You sort of yet to see him really tackle that third discipline properly. Mm. I mean, realistically, I don't understand the whole conversation. Anyway, it's. Fine, they want to have the same amount of races, but if you look at the top of the board, it's Pintoror. He's coming from the technical side, but then you have Odermatt, and he has never done a slalom in his life. Exactly, so yeah. he's like a speed skier as well, and he has done really well last year, and he almost won it as well. So yeah. any speed, speed skier who complains about not being able to win the overall World Cup, I think that's bollocks. No, but I don't think he is. Yeah, you do, but that's, it's not bollocks because P- Pantera has. So many opportunities with all of the slums, but but Odermatt yeah, get slalom. Yeah, but Odermatt doesn't. Yeah, but Odermatt has like he has downhill where he's really good. Yeah. He has super G where he's really good, and he has the GS where he's really good. Yeah. And Pintero has the slalom where he's really good, the, the GS where he's really good, and occasionally in the super G that he's really good. So yeah. actually, it's much more in favor of Odermatt because he has potentially more races doing it because the no because there were more slums than there were super cheese yeah, right? but, but not anymore but, not the, but he they both doing super cheese but then the same amount of downhills that they were maybe not last year because of a couple of cancellations yeah. and stuff but I think I mean obviously it's nice for everyone now it's playing field yeah I don't everyone think can yeah, do the conversation no goes complain, away, but the conversation goes I think now because it's you know that excuse isn't there anymore if you want to go who's who's the best all-rounder it's not that who's the best all-rounder that skis more races or whatever so that's going to be good. Yeah, all of last season's <laughs> beginning of the season notes are just how uh, bad Austrian skiers were at tech the season before. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk too much about how many speed races there were. I know we talked about it, but obviously it didn't make it as far as my notes. Um, Statman has failed us. Episode, episode one. But actually, what's more important to get onto the weather forecast. Yeah, what's, what's the weather looking like for the next race? <laughs> the long range forecast is snowy, hopefully. <laughs> um, on. Let's chuck it out there. Who do you think is going to take the overall? Marcel, go on. Surprise me. I mean, it's going to be Pinterot. <laughs> I just bring in my pick, and my pick early. No, you okay. said surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> an outside, an outsider like that. Wow, you just, 
No picking the favorite or anything. It's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough this year, for sure. But I think Pantera's um, consistency is so good. Yeah, it's got to make him top dog, really. I mean, it all it all depends. Like, and I, the, the first couple of races, it's the it's the Soden race, and then there is the Lech, the parallel race, and then you have like a full on downhill blow. So basically, the Super G is is gonna be decided in December already. So it like whoever has the best form in Super G in December is gonna win. Whoever has the best slalom form in uh, in in uh, January is gonna win. So it's it's interesting, but obviously you have to be in form at the right time. Okay, so you're going Pantera. Um, ben? Yeah, I was looking at this. I'm trying to work out. The, with the 11 downhills on the calendar, so it seems to be Super G's the one that's been kicked the most. Um, I mean, it's, it's always had the least, though, hasn't it? I, I feel like Foyt's hasn't been good enough across both disciplines for a while he's just been good at downhill yeah but I don't think he's he, I think you definitely need three disciplines and, he do, and he's not putting on those GS boards no he's not is he I, I don't I want to say Kilda but I just don't know what how fit he's going to be after last season like we said like he's the, after his photo shoots after, after his after his uh, photo shoots where he looks <laughs> the most uncomfortable man alive in every couple photo that gets posted of him and Schifrin as that uh, uh, trade secret became public knowledge over the over the summer. Um, but we we said he's as a three discipline racer he he can win downhills and super G's and podium in GSs. Um, you know, Pantro's gonna have a bad, have to have a bad day for Kilda to beat him probably. Um, but he's going to be consistently picking up points in them if, if, if he's in form. But can he stay fit all season? That's, that's the problem. It's been a couple of seasons now where he's been kind of got three quarters of the way through or halfway through and had quite a bad injury. But, you know, if we're not just picking Pintro, um, then... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the next. No, there's no points for this one. So you can... There's no, this doesn't count. Apart from <laughs> moral, moral victory when it comes to the beers in October next year. Yeah, you're not going to get the trophy off me because of this one. What are you going for? Oh, if there's no points left, then I'm going to go for low, like, mate, just because you get to no, hear me. Chuck, chuck away, chuck away, pick. <laughs> hear me swoon about him skiing every, every other week. Okay, what about you, Luke? Um, I've been out of the game, so I'm going to just say Odomat. I mean, it's not a bad shout. I was thinking, I was going to go Odomat or Kilda, mostly just to annoy myself, but I actually think... I mean, you can't go the same picks as we do, so you have to choose someone else. Actually, right, I'm going to go Kilda. He's gone, he's gone Mayar. Ben. Yeah, that <laughs> Sorry, yeah, he, he, Ben. Strategically, that was not yeah. very good. <laughs> um, that's going to be interesting. I, I think it's going to, I'm looking forward to it, because I do actually think it's going to be really tight. On the women's side, um, it's going to be quite tricky to look past... I don't know, Schifrin, Vlahova and um, Lara Goot, if she brings that same form. She was so, it was almost a surprise, I mean, she was obviously a surprise to her, I, I doubt, but for us having seen her form so good in those Lindsay Vonn days where she was battling her to then sort of dip, dip down for a few seasons and then to come back with Vengeance last year was quite refreshing. So hopefully she can carry on that form because it was nice to see somebody else come to the fore with that fight and, and god you you'd have to sort of put in that mix but whether she as probably the wildest on the on the women's tour in terms of her style and, and how hard she attacks whether she's going to be able to stay all important injury free especially in an olympic year yeah god is a, a nightmare for that because you 
any race she gets it right in, she wins basically, yeah. and no no one can touch her. But she pushes that limit every single run, and you just never know when it's going to be a season ending ending injury. We've seen her start the season with like niggles carried over from the season yeah. before. Yeah. So it's going to be really tough for her to stay fit. You've obviously got going to China for the Olympics. Um, is is going to be you know playing havoc with people's schedules and and you know with the Olympics there. What will Schifrin's priority be this season? Yeah. Will she like tail off and start missing events prior to that so she is in the best possible form for the games? Yeah, for, the, for the fitness. We've talked about that before. We picked her for races and she's not even gone. Yeah, she's so um, she's so good at sort of choosing. Or they're they're so sort of conscientious with choosing the right yeah. races and stuff. And, and you know as we saw. A lot with a lot of athletes last year, especially with with COVID and stuff like burnout for athletes is is a real thing, and and Schifrin's team seemed to be on top of that almost before COVID came in. Yeah. They were making sure she was fresh for every race. But when you can dominate in every discipline, um, it would be well, you know, it'd be great to be honest with you. I'd love it um, if I was ever that good at ski racing. But for her, she can take a couple weeks off. Obviously not back to back, but she can take the odd race off here or there and still win the season so it'll be really interesting to see if she is back to her absolute best this year I mean I just want to add two things I think it's going to be either good or Schifrin but with Schifrin like Americans they tend to take the Olympic Games really serious because that's basically what counts right if you get an Olympic gold medal you're the hero yeah if you win an overall World Cup you're still obviously a hero but not as much of a hero as you with the Olympics yeah. and with Lara Good, I think if she doesn't deliberately, or maybe not, goes out at second gates, um, as we saw in the last race, she might have a good season. Let it go. No, no, never gonna let that go because I don't. I think that was not cool. Um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but a big overlooking of of Petra Flahovic. Yeah, do you know? Last year's overall champion. She started to ski decent speed last year. Yeah, but he new coach. Did new you? coach, like yeah, all true. the drama. During the during the off season, I mean, obviously she's gonna be good, but can she hold her ground when Schifrin and, and Good are the, at their best? I don't know. Because realistically, Good was only she was only very good two thirds of season. Two thirds of the season. That's interesting, though, isn't it? I just I see what you're saying, but I I, I don't know. I think Vlahovic she got a metal tested last year, didn't she? Didn't, didn't she? Was she it good, good then? Good where was up and. Yeah, there was a, I think, was there not a the, the double sports. slalom where she had one day where she nearly oh, yeah, she did, and then nearly missed the 30. Two stops. Oh, right, double slaloms, yeah. We thought she was going to, we thought the wheels had well and truly come off and yeah. she somehow like salvaged it. But to be fair, it's a bit like Pantero because he, he nearly threw it away to, um, to uh, Odeman at one point last year, didn't he? Towards he, the did. he did, he did. So the pressure gets to the best. Um, and Both was, actually came through it, to be fair. Yeah, they did, and, and Marcel was. Has, has Leesburg got any intentions of throwing on a set of speed skis, or is she just going to stick slalom GS and, and use that as where she's going to try and get all of her points? I mean, I think with her, it's like she has, a, has an unbelievable season and she's an unbelievably good skier, but I highly doubt she will do invest much into the speed discipline. She doesn't have like the, I'd say, the body shape for a proper speed race, so she's very light, like very. Maybe tiny, not. so um, she's got to find five hundred points on Vlahova. But maybe not this year because it's Olympic year. So I, I would say, from a very outside outside position, that I think 
if you're going to make a move into a new discipline, you probably don't bother doing that. I mean, it takes a lot of time and a lot of training, right? Yeah, so, so I think it's probably not the time to do probably that. probably better off sticking to Regans for the Olympics and then maybe do something. And then if you, want to, if you then have sort of aspirations to over, challenge for the overall, then maybe you go after. Maybe. Um, so, did we actually get any picks? What did you say? You said good. I say good. You, Marcel, I'm for good. I thought we were just talking in general. Well, you're you're right. Right. So you're you're saying saying pits, pits corner. Yeah, come on. Yeah. We'll get used to it. Well, should I talk first now? I was going to say good. Well, I think you go, you go for good then, I'll take someone else. Okay. I think you can't, 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 can't take Pantera in the women's. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that Vlahova might back it up. I think she's she's going to be working incredibly hard. In Which one of us gets to say is your friend? You go for it. You oh, know. Marcel's got a sneaky pick up his up his sleeve. All right, Ben, are you going to think? Yeah, I'm going to get Shifrin. Yeah, Shifrin back in the band. Overall title. And I go for Sofia Godja. Yeah, that. I mean, she's going to pick up some serious points again. The, the only question mark is being able to keep all of her limbs attached. I think. Or just finish. Well, it's slightly less dramatic. No, but she, she doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> just DNF, does she? When she doesn't finish, she properly doesn't finish. That is true. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a few returnees. I mean, actually, in terms of the speed races, Ryan Cochran Siegel should be back. I mean, there's so many. Well, I got angry last year at the amount of people that were getting injured. He was, he was to, on some serious was, speed form before he was. At, he, yeah, he was really. Coming of age is probably the wrong terminology, but he was he was really starting to make some waves. Yeah, where he's been a, I think he'd been a, he had a couple of courses where he was, he can go fast there. But then he started to be a bit more consistent. Yeah. And we were talking about him as a like regular podium contender. Yeah. Which when you look at the rest of that men's speed discipline with like Foyts, Creek, Meyer, and Meyer, and Paris, it's not actually and Kilda, it's not actually that easy to be in the podium contention. No. So it was a real real shame because he just hit a massive. Like he was going, he was flying, wasn't he? He was yeah. absolutely flying. And then Did he get on the podium at all last last season? He got a bunch of podiums, I think. If I he had a win as well. Yeah, I think Did he won. He? Didn't he win twice? Yeah, I feel like we're, one, yeah. we're recording this and we should have actually when yeah. I said that I look forward to seeing him come back we probably should have actually figured out which ones he did do yeah. Kids Ball training he won and he won a Subji Bormio and downhill training in Bormio Actual. I mean that Bormio win that was pretty impressive that was he was insane. like so far domination as well he, that was domination yeah. and also he has like he has very good form on GS like he was he was doing pretty well on that too but I don't think it's it's a uh, it's an overall contender. I hope just he's can, he can get his form in the, in the speed disciplines. Yeah. I think especially coming back from injury and and sort of being like Ben was saying, sort of found his form in speed. Again, it's, I think you consolidate when you're new to that level of success. You consolidate, don't you, rather than looking for... I mean, but what do we know? Prove us wrong. But uh, that's my gap with that. I mean, also, like it's good for America to have like a... A, oh, guy yeah. who, a guy who can be constantly or consistently on the podium, which they have been missing for quite a while. Um, and I'd love to see some new Darren Ross and Bordy Millers coming onto the scene. That would be ideal. The return of the American Dan Hiller. They, mean, they, they need that, that sort of... It's been a bit sparse, hasn't it, on the speed side, and a bit few and far between. Travis has been incredibly consistent, but it's not been that sort of... 
it's been like Travis is probably like he can have more sort of fifths and sixth than than anybody on the World Cup, I think, but just not quite had that real consistent World Cup winning form. I mean, I'd love to be, I'd love for him to, to get it together because he's been there for a long time and he's been a real sort of consistent and probably a very important part to that American team, him and uh, Steve Nyman. But I think, I, I don't know, you'd hope so, but to have Ryan Crawford Seagull skiing so well was just the whole the whole lift within a team, isn't it, Marcel? You know better than anybody when you've got people consistently performing to then the whole team just is buzzing. And I guess that American team was a really cool place to be a part of when they were, um, when Ryan was winning training runs left, right and centre and picking up podiums. So let's hope we can continue back with that. What do you think, Ben? You got some more people that are... Yeah, we, we touched a little bit on Kilda coming back um, and on the women's side, uh, Schmidhoff has uh, been posting she's back on skis after 290-odd days off yeah, it looks like if she's back at the first World Cup, we'd be back at back, but yeah, back where back where well, she's uh, yeah, back where she got injured last year, um, and and also the other speed is always a speed race, isn't it? And Paris coming back as well, who was flying again last year, he just seems to be able to find him and Foyt's just ready to go again for He's another out, an, another, Titanic, <laughs> another Titanic battle of speed slugfest, yeah. <laughs> um, but a couple of couple of little injuries over the summer, which is a shame. Wendy's picked up a couple of yeah. She posted a picture of both both hands in in cast the other day, so I'm presuming she's not going to be good to go in Solden. I mean, How you do you go do that? That's quite an odd injury. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how she did that. Um, both hands at the same time is, is quite <laughs> unique, I guess. Fake face planting injury, maybe. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a real shame. I think one one you can get away with. You I mean you see quite a lot of racers skiing with a cast on something, and stuff, yeah. One hand two. strapped up. If you can't push out the gate, I mean Solden's start isn't the I mean, steepest, is it? Ski racing is probably the least of her worries. Like not having being able to use two hands. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the skis. <laughs> yeah, Pick up the spoon teeth. Like, like, I don't know. <laughs> um, we're, only, we're only here to worry about the skiing, Marcel. We're not worrying about people's daily lives. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what we're discussing here. <laughs> a big picture, Marcel. You're right. Um, um, but as well, uh, I think the other uh, people coming back from we had a couple of really big injuries last year. Didn't we? Like Kashevikov Lee. I think he's yes, on the. Is on the comeback. Yeah, um, but she, I'm not sure that's. Is she going to be ready? Interesting. It would still be a while. I think the guys had a. The Norwegian team had a load of injuries, didn't they? Yeah, we didn't talk about them. There is. Um, Broughton, Broughton. Both, both young guns, Broughton and. Uh, McGrath. McGrath. That was both in Adelberg. Was that double Adelberg? Adelberg, wasn't it? When they, I they think it was actually. And they, they both had like an unbelievable season. Obviously, Broughton picked up his first win and. McGrath picked up his first podium, so that's uh, the thing with injuries is right. You can you can go either way. Like you can go really badly, and you don't you don't have like the self confidence, or you just don't care and you just keep on going. And I hope for all of them coming back that they um, go with the second option, pick up where they left off. It's tricky though, isn't it? Really tricky. I mean, the young guns, as a fearless, aren't they? Naivety too. Good on their side. Well, yes, let's hope they, those guys, because that was a real, again, a nice little group 
of Norwegians that were pulling through together. I think it makes a big massive. And that's the same topic as with the Americans. Like they were obviously pushing themselves in training. They had like a very good competitive edge there. And then you saw they were literally getting better from race to race. And then all of a sudden, them getting all injured and the Norwegian team is unfortunately went a bit down under, especially with Christoffersen, well, not having his best season, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. How's he going to re- recover from what was, I think by all accounts, a suboptimal performance last year? So there's, it came seventh in the overall standings, and it's suboptimal. I know, but um, going into it, you know... He was, but the season before, we said he hadn't had his best season, and he won the slalom and the GS Globes, but Pantron somehow ended up picking up more overall points than him. Um, so, yeah, he's... He's really he needs Marcel Hersher to come out of retirement because Hersher racing made Christofferson brilliant and since Hersher's retired Christofferson's yeah, just not been the same. But it's mentally tough, right? So you always have someone ahead of you. Like it, it was killed in the first season after Hersher that picked up the overall. Then you have Pinterol picking up the overall, and there obviously at, at some stage there will be some self doubt creeping creeping into him. Like it's as we saw last year, it was always either. The weather or the slope or the course setting or the equipment but it was really never him yeah but it's like he i guess i hope he has worked on that because he, obviously he's fantastic um but you can't blame other stuff all of the time all of the time it's always exciting seeing what way he's going to react to the finish it is, it is you just think which way is he going to go who's he going to you just sit there thinking like go on explode in the finish area <laughs> do something funny um, but no, it's, it's tough because, you, yeah, I think having been second to Hersher every season and it almost being nailed on that he would definitely be second and no matter how brilliant he skied, Hersher found some way to beat him. Yeah. I think he just, and not like arrogantly presumed he'd be next, but he was so much better than third and fourth that he must have just like been so nailed on in his own mind that he was going to be the, the you know the new king that it's really messed with him to have the other guys catch up and yeah. you know at times it was a bit of a struggle watching him when he gets so frustrated and you just just some of the really ba- basic parts of skiing you're just like he just doesn't look like himself no. that, that smoothness he had when he burst onto the scene he barely looked like he was trying uh, and just yeah, and flew well. down. Whereas now that all the talk last year was he he bulked up over the summer. I just if that's not your style, don't like don't don't mess with what's working. Don't change the formula. Yeah, he seems to overcook it in quite quite a lot of races. You can see the frustration coming through in the skiing. He just seems to try too hard. And he's and not then he tries harder. Yeah, yeah harder. try harder, yeah. and then yeah, and then the finish area comes and he. And it sounds like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're ready to see who emerges, which side of it. Ski racing is a better place for having him in it in terms of the excitement, I think. So Definitely. let's hope that he... Um, I'd say it'd be nice to see him find some consistency, not just when that dead, the dead snow is there, um, because that was basically the only time he ever skied well was when people talk about the dead snow and how the Norwegians love skiing on dead snow. No, Who so said that specifically? They. <laughs> <laughs> they they were saying it the, the people the people had spoken and he smashed it so they were quite right and I'm sure they will say it again <laughs> and I'm sure they will still be right would you talk about yourself? no <laughs> but maybe um, 
so yeah, it'd be nice to see them. And just from a British perspective, really looking forward to seeing seeing uh, Dave win the Olympics. Dave win the Olympics. Yes. Win, win the win the no, starting title. Win the overall. No, no pressure, Dave. <laughs> um, I saw he actually had some speed skis on this this summer, so there might be. There might I think, be them, I think he was holding them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you say speed, the late GS It's about as fast as Dave. Motors and retrograde. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I spoke to him. He, he said that his training's going really well. He's you know, he's a bang up for it as ever and he's That's one of the hardest working people. I mean, back, he said his back was good. He's running a lot, he's that training was, a lot. Got a bit and they no slaloms when But that was when, when, when you will put 11 slaloms in a row or whatever yeah. it was last year, that will take you time. slaloms in January when you're 35. You, hey. Your back's definitely going to feel you got to love him. He's like... He's, he's one of the hardest working. Hardest working. He's such a good sportsman as well. Yeah. And I think this season we should be very critical with people who are not good sportsmen because last year went out a bit of hand. Marcel is going to call you out on it as well. I mean, they're not that they're listening. Or <laughs> maybe they do. I don't know. But... We'll make sure they do. That's right. This time we'll use the official Ski Racing Podcast Instagram and start tagging people, <laughs> Marcel. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut clips of cut Marcel, clips of Marcel going, into a, going into a rage. That's uh, fine. Um, no, uh, no, but, uh, and then Laurie and Billy are skiing incredibly quick. Laurie's switched brands. He's moved from Fisher over to Head. They've got mad at him for that. Have there been any internal team disputes? I don't know. Away from the Fisher family, or it's a, it's a bold, it's a it's a bold move. Not because the, the skis won't be there, but when you've got a team, in like Dave, Billy, and Laurie all on Fisher, which they were last year, that's a decent pool of good equipment coming out, and then to sort of move away. I mean, obviously Laurie's, you know, uh, sort of an emerging star in his own right with his. Europa Cup performances and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm sure he's getting hold of good equipment, but moving away from such a you know a decent pool and pooled resources as well. I think it's it's bold, but he's obviously he's obviously quick on them. You don't te- you don't not test skis when you want to switch. So less chance of putting on someone else's skis. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, oh, is that what you've done? <laughs> I didn't race on a pair of my coach's skis once. <laughs> <laughs> I in, fairness, really sure. that, in fairness, that was on the coach because he did actually put them down for me to put on. I was like, they felt like rubbish. I think I was like sick after the first run. Came out on the second run on my own skis. Should have skied on his skis every time. Oh, I did actually, I, I went on a, a camp a few years ago and I was coaching and I just put my stuff in my bag and I got it out the other end. Unpack my stuff, ready to go, and um, I brought one of one ski and one of another ski, of different eras and top sheets, totally different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I think on my first trip in the group I was coaching as well, so it made me look really good. So you're like, yes, this is that's how you train. Podcast and not training anymore. That's right? <laughs> a yeah, sack from that one. Um, but yeah, so I doubt that'll happen, Ben. So that's a plus side. But um, I'll. I'll Alex Tilly, has she switched brands as well? She's moved from Dina Star to Kessler. Is that that's right? Is that how you thank you? Austrian. It's my hometown brand as well. Did you ever steal them? <sighs> disloyal master. Dis- very no, disloyal. Hometown brand. Never skied on. I was skiing. My, my dad worked there for a long time, and they have been very iconic. If you look at the races like Pyramid Zurbriken and all those guys, like they have been on Kessler and they were a very iconic ski brand. And it's great sure. to see them back. It is nice to see another brand back because that was who. Not um, just them. 
What you mean? We have another brand in the mix. Hirsch's new brand. Hirsch's new brand as well. Is, is any work, are any World Cups on it? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's in the works. What's it called again? I can't remember. Oh. But he said it's. <laughs> but he said he's scouting. He's scouting for talent. Really? I'm ready. Just saying. Making a comeback. <laughs> uh, Charlie Rappose has already sent three emails. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you he's first in the queue. Do you Excuse me. <laughs> Do you reckon he's emailed Christopherson to see if he wants to race on his brand? <laughs> <laughs> that would be the that ultimate... Would, it'd be ultimate fire under Christopherson though, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would, that would be, be how good. But for, as far as Alex is concerned, we, yeah, we want to see it kind of keep hammering those positions. Last, last year was, I guess, a bit of a microcosm of what we've seen from her before. Some, some really good uh, efforts, but then a lot of times where we've seen her kind of just either going too hard. I think very, very frustrating from a spectator's and obviously her point of view, with the form, that she, with the speed that she's got, sorry, not the form necessarily, but the speed that she's got in GS, just unable to back that up with results consistently, certainly. Single runs, sure, but that's obviously not the name of the game. So it's, again, it's a, it is a bold choice moving on to a new brand before Olympic Games. But again, you hope that all the behind the scenes work has been done and, and it's a, a smart choice. Ch- uh, Charlie Guest has been skiing pretty well apparently in training. Raposo has been working hard on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at his Instagram and his videos, you think he's uh, basically won the Olympics already. I mean, it wouldn't be a ski racing podcast without a little Raposo bashing. But, um, <laughs> and he's quite honest, so he can't come back with us. <laughs> and, um, but you, you insta, insta husband for a bit, didn't you, Luke? I don't know what you're talking about. That <laughs> <laughs> so you were behind the camera when you helped. Yeah, I have been a photographer to Charlie Raposo at times. Did you get? I did get a shout out. No, I didn't want a shout out. Has he got that? But the most important question is: Has he tagged? A, a birthday picture of you on his Instagram. He hasn't done it for years. He says we don't have <laughs> enough good pictures together. He's just got too many with Brooklyn Beckham. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they must have a photo shoot every week in order to get the content. Yeah. That, did, so. did you mention that if he keeps asking you to take the pictures, there probably aren't going to be many good pictures of the pair of you together if you're yeah. always taking his pictures? Did you offer to selfie and he said no? I think I probably did. <laughs> I think I probably did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, on the ski racing side, he, he is racing, and um, if he's putting as much effort into his into his uh, ski racing as Instagram, I'm sure he's uh, sure he's doing good. He's, he look, I mean, <laughs> the bits and pieces that we've spoken to him, he's he's working hard and staying injury free and trying to be strong and ready for Solden. Yeah, he said he's um he's been working a lot this season on on strategy, so I guess trying to link sixty turns or fifty turns together. And make it to the finish finish line as as part of that strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that, was, that, that wasn't was, a crack. <laughs> you know, that, was just... that was a nicely positioned sort of. <laughs> um, and yeah, he said he's been working hard this this last summer on consistency. So I think probably no a similar story to Tilly from that perspective. Um, he can speed is there, but yeah, speed is definitely there. Just looking to crack that. Um... World Cup point duck, and hopefully this is well Olympic season. What season to do it if you're going to do it? So let's see if he can pull his finger out. Hey, and I've known Charlie for a long time, and I really hope he's gonna he's gonna 
well, just be fast. Like, right? So you just be fast <laughs> for, for not just two turns. Just be fast for 50 turns. Maybe even be not as fast for 50 turns as he's usually for two turns, but rather finish it. Take like 100%, ski 100%, but take 10% back, then you still have 90% or 95%. And that's the way to go. You can't go 100% all the time. All the time, yeah. Sometimes you've got tactically, but I mean, the, well, the whole of the field in every discipline is mega tight. But I see what you're saying. You don't have to go 100% every single turn. You Sometimes you need a little bit of tactics when you're skiing into the wall. Yeah, not, not, too many, not too much tactics, obviously, but... But that's that's the problem, right? So if you if you ski from the back, if you have like a high bib, it's so tricky. You have to kind of go a hundred percent, but then you're not supposed to go like a hundred percent because that's potentially like a hundred and two percent. Yeah. And that's just not it's not gonna work. So you have to find that middle ground, and it's it's really tricky to explain. And it, but it's. I hope he's gonna. I hope he manages it this year because it's it's an important season. Olympics coming up, and he has been working for this for four years again so uh, I hope he's going to do it yeah in other news Ben you've been reading up some info on HF wax on the high fluoro wax oh right I'm going to so write it yeah, it's going to be uh, transcribing stuff yeah, so, directly from the FIS website yeah so it's you're not allowed to use it but they're not they're not going to check if you're using it right yeah FIS released a really confusing statement that said it's banned from the season 2021-22 onwards which makes sense because that's what we thought was going to happen the testing regimen that will definitely detect if you've had it on your skis or not isn't going to be used this season because it's not ready yet so it's banned (laughs) but you can't test it and then in the following season so uh, what will be 22-23 the device will be tested without penalty. So it's still banned, we're testing for it, but you're not being punished. Are we talking about COVID here, or are we talking about HF? High wax. Nobody knows what's happening. So apparently you can keep using HF wax until 2023, 24, is what I read in that statement. So they're asking you not to use it, but they're not going to check if you're not using it. And then next year they'll check, but you won't be punished. Okay. I mean, so basically, the fist is doing a lot for the environment, but actually, they don't do anything for the environment. That's that's what's the feels like oxygen gate all over again, um, but with HF gate this time. Um, so uh, apparently, there's there's uh, still quite a bit. More. Apparently, COVID is to blame for why this couldn't adequately be tested. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, so right. we'll we'll check in with Marcel's dad about how much uh, HF is making its way around the or, uh, or not. Well, it's not at all. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's banned. Uh, Fair enough. I haven't spoken to him about it, but obviously it's it's as stupid as a rule as you can get again. Unfortunately. Uh, let's hope that it actually comes through in a couple of years' time and and, and it's actually enforced. It's just never any stories like. Also, the super combined now. The discussion about the super combined, like you either gonna ban and you either gonna get rid of it. You've got to suck it off. You got you can't have a you can't have Olympic Games with a super combined and then have no events in super combined. It's it's just a bit of a joke. I get that they don't want to give up an Olympic event, which is what it is all about. They don't want to, you know, they've got a medal in that event. It's very difficult to get new medals and new events in terms of Olympic schedules and stuff. So, you know, once you've got one, you hold on to it. But 
Our just good old friend Kostelic had a very strong opinion on that as well on Super Combined. I'm not sure if you guys read it, but... No, please tell me. Obviously, he was, um, he was very much complaining that this is like the discipline of ski racing and it's, it's a shame that they're gonna get rid of it again. But not really. But not really. But like he, Jeff. <laughs> obviously, it's a, it's a long-winded topic, and, and Kostovic has a very strong opinion on it. Well, the, and the right Croatians, himself, yeah, I mean, the Croatians made a very good uh, performance in them. They won multiple medals in, in multiple championships with them, with Natko, Zirinjic, Dim, he got medal in combined, obviously. Kostovic was unstoppable in combined, so... His sister as well. Yeah, so when you've got, when you've got that sort of pedigree behind you, you you're going to big it up. You're not going to be like, yeah, no, get rid of it because nobody really does it. I mean, we've talked about it for they a couple of years. It's just a case of can you make the event fair? That that's the that's what we've been trying to get through over the last couple of years. Is can can you make it fair so that it's not just a slalom skier wins it or yeah. a, a technician wins it? Um, because it's been predominantly harder for the speed skiers. Um, yeah, and they did change it. I did think I did actually think it made the event fairer with the whole winning of the speed run you went first in the tech run and I think that was a good point but it just meant as a spectacle and as a TV show which you know let's be let's be frank that sport is about television it's about people watching it it's about people wanting to watch it when the result is over in 10 minutes of a, an hour long TV schedule that's I not that's not exciting always tune in to watch a downhill skier on silent skis Always. <laughs> I never miss it because it's brilliant. I don't care if I have to wait another 10 minutes for the slalom skier to come down and win. I will always tune in to see Paris on a pair of shortboards. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love to watch those boys battle down on the speed skis. It reminds me of um, Val Coffer doing it. I can't remember which. I just love that they are pretty those, those yeah, guys. It's funny though watching these big guys. These they huge are so guys. big. Yeah. The skis look like snow blades when they put them on, which makes you realise just how huge they really are when they yeah. put them so they also had like 155 slalom skis back then when Valkov was doing it and he's obviously I don't know two meters whatever <laughs> it just looks so funny yeah. big boy I don't know what they're doing with Alpine combined I don't know they know what they're doing with Alpine combined so we'll see if that sticks around Johan Eliash now president of Fizz taken over from Casper I think it's probably good so you know him quite well don't you Marcel from your days ahead as he well obviously he's like the the owner of head and he's he's a very very keen skier a very keen he's skier. a fan, he's a proper fan isn't he he's a proper fan like obviously he he's done like full running and everything so he will be good for ski racing but i hope also for like other disciplines and i've actually been reading this article or about shirksnadel who's the vice president now like he has retired off being the president for the austria ski federation and i think they want to they want to do more moving into like a, a modern era if you want to call it that way don't know what they're going to do because there there is limited stuff that you can do but i think johan Elias as a person will be very good for fizz he's a very good businessman obviously he has like a successful companies so that will be something to approach differently right than someone like john franco casper well fingers crossed that Elias can can help out a bit but also i think tackling some of the costs of ski racing has got to be would be a nice thing to do to any of the smaller nations and even the big nations. So Ronnie Remy of the Canadian ski team talking about how she was looking for 30,000 Canadian dollars to be part of the Canadian World Cup team. I know that there's 
the Brits pay to most of the Brits pay to be on the part of the British ski team, and, and I'm sure that it happens all around. I'm pretty sure the, some of the Americans pay depending on which level that you're at. And I mean, ski racing is expensive. There's no getting around it, and I'm sure any any parents of budding ski racers out there are well aware of the the costs that come along with this crazy sport of ours. But um, it, I, I I don't honestly don't know how you tackle it. Uh, the, People have been trying to tackle it for years to try and keep the cost down, but be some way of levelling a playing field because when you've got the big boys chucking millions of euros at stuff and, and the sort of, sort of smaller nations struggling to, to yeah Austria yeah. <laughs> <laughs> struggling to get on board. It's interesting though. I mean, but can you ever get away with it again? It goes back to sports business, isn't it? Sport is uh, money. Well, in other sports, they've tried to level the playing field. Look at F one. They may. They're making big restrictions on the car for next year, so basically everyone has the same car. I wonder if there is a possibility of doing that in ski racing. Some sort of cap, maybe some sort of weight. But the problem is spending like, with, with making a playing level field. Where do you where are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it on a federal level, like the ski yeah. teams, or are you gonna do it with skis? Because I mean, no one wants no company like Head or or Atomic or whoever. They don't want to have like a level playing field. They want to be, be able to spend competitive advantage. Yeah, but that's that's different, right? That's like personal sponsorship. But what we're talking about is maybe fizz and acting on a balance sheet level. What each federation can spend on each ski racer. Yeah. But then, then obviously that's probably minimal on <laughs> what the sponsorship carries. Yeah, it, anyway. it's tricky. I mean, you've got sort of wage caps, like in rugby or whatever, and they, and you mm -hmm. saw Saracens get in. In the UK, in the yeah. UK, the Saracens rugby team getting caught out by the fact that they had they were getting paid set wages, but then they had investments in various privately owned businesses that the players ran and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, that came to the fore a couple of years ago. But I think it's, it is tricky, but also I don't know. It's not out of the realms of possibility. I remember from a personal perspective when I was still ski racing, we were in La Parva in Chile training downhill and. The Brits, me and Dougie and TJ, two of my teammates, we were training alongside the German team, and you're you're skiing at three and a half thousand meters plus, um, and so you get to the bottom of your downhill training run, and obviously you're exhausted, and you it takes you five minutes to catch your breath before you go back for another run. The Germans had oxygen tanks at the bottom, so they you know oxygen masks on, breathe, 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 get all the oxygen back in your blood, go for another run. So they were doing probably double the amount of runs that we were doing because they had access to, you know... Shame they were doing that on race day too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That wasn't, my, that wasn't my point, but it's a fair point. But so it's interesting. My point is just, it'd be quite... I mean, like I say, you've got Canadians, who want, you know, they're, they're not a small team and they're looking for decent wedge for these for these athletes to perform. And Ronnie Remy's by no means, you know, a, a, a nobody, is she? You know, she's a proven ski racer, top 10 World Cups, and you know, she's got form behind her. Still, she's still looking for 30,000 Canadian dollars, and it's tough. I mean, Maybe, how's, yeah, how's this distributing like, the money to the federations? Like, yeah, that's the things to look at, right? Yeah, and also maybe it's sort of working out how to sort of have prize money going slightly further down the field, so you're not necessarily loading up the, the mega monies of your Schifferins and your Foitzes and your Kilders and and the, and Vlahovas and the like, you're actually going right. Well, you get slightly less, and we'll, you know, filter that cash a little bit further down. That allows the, the the ski teams to earn a bit more money that aren't in the top positions, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I mean, unless Dave wins, and then he can get take it all the money. Yeah. From all of the races, then there's no prize money apart from first. Yeah, take it. For Dave. <laughs> no way. 
don't know what the answer is. Marketing and stuff like the fist. I saw that Truxlab was talking about it a lot, like centralizing how they market ski racing and other obviously disciplines and how they, they want to make it more attractive. God knows how they're going to do it, but more like they want to get more price money, which would make it more attractive as well. Like they're, they're probably doing quite a lot of things. You know, Leash is, I'm pretty sure he will be behind that. Yeah. Um, it's so a forward thinker. He's not. He's a very smart bloke. So yeah. I'm sure these conversations will be ongoing. But when they're talking about night races on Monday and Tuesday for down, uh, for GS and slalom, and like on the weekends you have a, a downhill and a super G, which would it, it's a good idea, right? So I would watch a ski race on a Monday evening because I don't do anything anyway. So I will watch them whenever they're on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter when they're on. I'm gonna record watch it and go. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's gonna be. Brilliant this year, hopefully, to see some fans back at races. Oh, but yeah. one thing I will miss from not having fans is just how cool the various sponsors' inflatables can get. Because <laughs> last year, that was one of the most fun bits, was seeing who had a new thing. Because normally, you just have fans everywhere, and there's just like a couple of strategically placed giant inflatable things on the side, yeah. of, the, on the side of the piece. Last year, I noticed there were a lot more. There were like inflatable drills... <laughs> Like, yeah. Whatever the sponsors were for that region, there were loads more than normal. And I was just like, right, how are they going to get those and the fans in this year? That's what I'm here, <laughs> for, the, I'm here for the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> not difficult to entertain you, is it? No, <laughs> not difficult. inflatable, he's in. Got a helium balloon. <laughs> there might be some stats on that as well somewhere in your, in your books. I'm going to go back and watch all those <laughs> races. Put out a top ten. Uh, well... I um I think it's time to talk about predictions for Solden. So the prediction league is back. Those of you that didn't play last year, where were you? Uh, and make sure you sign up. So go to the website skiwrestlingpodcast.com and um, you can plug in your picks there. You can you basically for those of you who haven't played, uh, you pick a winner and wherever that person finishes, if they finish in the top three, you get five points for first three points for second and one point for third. So you don't need to pick a top three, you're just picking one athlete. And then depending on where they finish, if they finish outside the top three, it's nil point for you. Uh, I'm very familiar which, with that part. <laughs> which, we did, which we did quite well at guessing last year. So um, Jamie Aldridge won last year. Dave Riding was second uh, and it was quite a close run race. We finished very close. Yeah, but don't forget, we have like different rules. Which I tried to, <laughs> no, like, re- by the way. <laughs> to rewrite in summer, but you obviously didn't have time for us, so no time for your <laughs> rule writing. You just want you, you. I think we probably do need to work out a way for myself not to pick Pantra at every opportunity. No, Basically, we, one of us picked Pantra at every opportunity <laughs> is how he stopped Marcel doing it because of said difficult rules <laughs> that stopped us from winning. Yeah, you don't. You don't start picking him in the downhills. I mean, you're welcome. You, you have done um, yeah. several occasions. <laughs> Even when he's not racing, you, you know he's not racing, you still like to choose him. Just in case. You know, then I have at least an excuse. I can say, oh, he didn't race, that's why he didn't win. Um, so, yeah, head over to the Predictions League page. The picks are closed the night before the first race, so uh, make sure you get them in. We're sponsored again by Powderhound, Croft Watches, Ski Bartlett, Unearth Digital. So there are plenty of prizes coming your way. We've got some gloves on offer and there may be a set of skis in there as well, which we are 
going to announce at some point relatively soon. But you have to tune in to find out. So make sure that you join in, and it's from the start of the season, so uh, all points are accumulated throughout the whole of the winter, so do not miss out on that opportunity. So should we get picking? Let's do it. I, I think uh, Luke should go first. For both men and women, Prissy, please. Uh, as, as winner, does Marcel get to go last? Yeah, he has his reverse <laughs> He's going to be so annoyed. <laughs> Somebody's going to pick Pantero. I'm not going to pick Pantero. I'm going to pick Zucic. Okay, Zubo? Zubo! <laughs> um, no, I think he's, he has some pretty good successes. Got on the podium quite a few times last season. Uh, I think he would have worked pretty hard this summer. He, I mean, he didn't do so well last year in Seoul and came 12th, as Marcel is pointing out to me right about now. I'm just <laughs> slightly <laughs> my pick. But that, that's first, my pick. Your first um, pick. And for the women's, Bacino. Oh, go on, pick, pick Bacino. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Ben, you are up as you were third last time. By third you mean last, then yes, that is yeah, correct. I was indeed last um, of, of those of us who played. Um, so... I may as well get it out of the way now and uh, pick Pancho before Marcel gets a chance to. Um, <laughs> livid. Um, just absolutely uh, leave him scrambling to find out names of other male GS gears. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's only one. That's there's, true. <laughs> there's only one pick I can have for the uh, women's, and that's, and that's Tessa. It's an uh, old French affair for you over there, then, Ben. Yeah, she, she let me down terribly last year in uh, uh, in Solden. Um, but hopefully there'll be no going backwards on the way down for Tessa this year. A little blur. Uh, and then, as I was second, I'm going to steal in ahead of you, Marcel. Uh, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go Swiss. I wasn't sure whether to go uh, Mayer or Odemat. Um And because it's so difficult at the beginning to, of the season to try and pick people, because obviously we've not seen the race yet. I'm just going to go with uh, a bit more tried and tested of Marco Odemat to pick up. The first win of the season. Uh, and then on the ladies' side, Alice Robinson, because she's certainly got the skill set. Yeah, she didn't quite bring it consistently last year, but compared to the year before that, which was obviously mega. Uh, so I am going to think Robinson. I think Robinson's going to be t- picking up podium number one. Marcel, I'll, just keep, I'll just keep it very short because I'm going to pick up 10 points. So I'm going to go for <laughs> Zan Kranjic. And in the women's race, I'm going to go for Schifrin. <laughs> Schifrin, that's it. Yeah. Oh, nobody said Schifrin. <laughs> that's like, uh, okay, if you can't pick one favourite, you pick the other one. Exactly. To no either. She's not, a, she's not that great of a GS gear. Probably World Champs. World Champions. Not that great. Um, it is difficult. It's very difficult. I wonder it's, if um, Brian O'Neill I mean, come back yeah. to form. Or Krovat, because she's now got Vlahova's our coach, isn't she? What's his name? Livia. Livia Magoni. He's now with them, isn't, isn't he? So it be interesting to see if he can weave. It's going to be a very different athlete stature, though, isn't it? From Vlahova, who's like 5'10 or something, really tall, and then to Vlahova, who's you know 5'6 or something. She's quite pocket rocket-esque, isn't she? So he's gonna, it'll be really interesting to see whether he can adapt his style, I guess. And he's a really, he's a very good coach. I think he will be. Let's not go into hype. Let's film whatever Schifrin's doing and copy that. Let's follow Schifrin and then he's going to follow Vlahova as well. He's just going to be spies everywhere just to pick it up. 
Yeah, he's got he's got all the hot tips. He knows them all, like the back of his hand. His hard drive must be. He must have another one already. Two hard drives with all the videos. <laughs> okay. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I think it's Ski uh, Racing Podcast has got a good lawyer. So. <laughs> uh, I think it's time to uh, time to end uh, until we meet again after Solden. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye for now.